The Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri. Translated by Courtney Langdon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Inferno, Canto 25. The Eighth Circle. Fraud. The Seventh Trench. Thieves. The thief, at the conclusion of his words, lifted his hands with both their figs and cried, Take that, O God! What is to thee I show them? From that time onward snakes have been my friends, for thereupon one coiled around his neck, as if to say, I'd have thee speak no more. Another, coiling, tied his arms together, and clinched itself so well in front of him that he could make no use of them at all. Pistoia, ah, Pistoia, why not will to burn to ashes, and no longer last, since in ill-doing thou excelst thy seed? In all of hell's dark rings I have seen no spirit so arrogant toward God, not even he who fell down headlong from the walls at Thebes. Without another word he fled away, whereat I saw a centaur, full of rage, come crying, Where? Where is the stubborn soul? Not even Maremma has so many snakes, I think, as on his crupper that one had, as far as where our human form begins. Upon his shoulders, right behind his nape, there crouched a dragon with wide-opened wings, and he sets fire to whomsoe'er he meets. My teacher said, He yonder Carcass is, who, neath the rocks that form Mount Aventine, oft made a lake of blood. He travels not along the road o'er which his brethren go, because of having fraudulently robbed the famous herd which he as neighbor had. This ended his sly deeds beneath the club of Hercules, who may perhaps have dealt him a hundred blows, whereof he felt but ten. While thus he spoke, that sinner too made off, whereat three spirits came and stood below us, whom neither I nor even my leader noticed, until they all cried out, Who then are ye? Because of which our conversation ceased, for afterward we heeded them alone. I knew them not, but so it happened then, as it is wont to do in certain cases, that one perforce employed another's name, saying, But where can Chanfa have remained? Hence, that my leader might give heed, I placed my finger in a line from chin to nose. If thou art slow now, reader, to believe what I shall tell, no marvel will it be, for I, who saw it, hardly grant I did. As toward them I was holding up my brows, lo, a six-footed serpent hurls itself in front of one and clings to him all over. With both its middle feet it clasped his paunch, and with its forefeet seized upon his arms, then with its teeth it wounded both his cheeks. It spread its hind feet out along his thighs, and thrusting next its tail between the two, it stretched it upward all along his back. Ivy was never rooted to a tree so fast as round about the other's limbs that horrible wild creature twined its own. And thereupon, as if hot wax they were, they stuck together and their colours mixed, till neither seemed to be what it had been. Just as a brownish hue precedes the flame on burning paper which is not yet black, while equally the white part dies away, the other two looked on and each exclaimed, Oh, me, Angelo! What a change is thine! For see, thou now art neither two nor one. Already into one had both heads turned, when we two countenances still beheld mixed in a single face, where both were lost. From the four previous strips two arms were made, the thighs and legs, the belly and the chest became such members as were never seen. 
cancelled therein was every former aspect. The transformed figure seemed both two and none, and thus appearing slowly moved away. As like a lightning flash a lizard looks, if changing hedges neath the dog-day's scourge across a road it passes, even such a little fiery serpent seemed to me, as toward the bellies of the other two it came, livid and black as peppercorn. And in that part through which our nourishment is first received, it transfixed one of them, and then fell down, stretched out in front of him. The pierced man gazed at it, but nothing said. Nay, firmly on his feet he stood, and yawned, as if attacked by fever or by sleep. He at the serpent looked, and it at him. One through his wound, the other through its mouth smoked hard, and each smoke with the other mingled. Let Lucan then be silent where he tells of poor Sabellus's and Nasidius's fate, and giving heed hear what is now proclaimed. Of Cadmus and of Arethusa too let Ovid cease to speak, for though his verse turn him into a snake, and make of her a fount, I grudge him not, for face to face he ne'er so changed two natures, that the forms of each were ready to exchange their matter. They blended each with each in such a way, that while the serpent forkwise clove its tail, the wounded man together drew his feet. The legs, and with them in the very thighs so stuck together, that in little time their juncture left no mark that could be seen. The cloven tail was taking on the shape which there was being lost. The skin of one, meanwhile, was growing soft and hard the others. I saw his arms withdraw into his armpits, and both the serpent's feet, which were not long, lengthen as much as those were growing short. And then its hinder feet, together twisted, became the member which a man conceals, while from his own the wretch had two thrust forth. And while the smoke was veiling both of them with novel hues, and generated hair on one side, and deprived of it the other, the one stood up, and down the other fell, nor turned aside for that the impious eyes, beneath which each of them was changing face. The one who stood drew his in toward his temples, and from the excessive matter coming there ears issued on his undeveloped cheeks and that which ran not back but was retained of this superfluous matter gave the face a nose and thickened suitably its lips he who was lying down thrusts forth his muzzle and backward through his head withdraws his ears even as a snail doth with its horns his tongue which single used to be and prompt to speech divides itself while in the other case the split one closes and the smoking stops the soul which had become a savage beast flees hissing through the trench, the other spits behind him as he talks. Then having turned away from him his just created shoulders, he to the third said, I'd, I'd have Boos run on his belly over this path. I thus beheld the seventh ballast change and interchange. Here let its novelty excuse me if it slightly blur my pen. And though somewhat bewildered were my eyes, and though confused my mind, those men could not escape so secretly that I should fail Puccio Shankato perfectly to see. And of the three companions who came first, he only was not changed. The other one was he for whom, Gavile, thou dost weep. Inferno, Canto 26, The Eighth Circle, Fraud, The Eighth Trench, Fraudulent Counselors. 
Rejoice, O Florence, since thou art so great that thou dost beat thy wings o'er sea and land, while even through hell thy name is spread abroad. Among the thieves five such as these I found, thy citizens, whence shame accrues to me, nor to great honour risest thou thereby. But if the truth be dreamed at dawn's approach, thou'lt feel a little while from now what Prato, of others not to speak, is craving for thee. And were it now, it would not be too soon. So were it, then, since thus it needs must be. For it will grieve me more the more I age. We went away, and up the flight of stairs the bourns had formed for our descent before, my teacher climbed again, and drew me with him. And as we followed up the lonely path among the rocks and boulders of the crag, our feet proceeded not without our hands. I sorrowed then, and now again I sorrow, when I direct my mind to what I saw, and curb my genius more than I am wont, lest it should run when virtue guides it not. That if a kindly star, or aught that's better, have blessed me, I myself may not regret it. As many glow-worms as the countryman, who on the hillside takes his rest, when he who lights the world least hides his face from us, while to the gnat the fly is giving way, sees down along the valley where perchance he gathers in his grapes or ploughs his field. With just as many flames the whole eighth trench was gleaming bright as I perceived at once when I was where its bottom came in view. As he who by the bears avenged himself beheld Elijah's chariot when it left, and when to heaven its horses rose erect, since he could not so trace it with his eyes as to see more than just the flame alone, when like a little cloud it rose on high. Of such a nature were the flames that moved along the gully of the ditch, for none displays its theft, though each a sinner hides. Risen up to look, I so stood on the bridge that without being pushed I would have fallen, had I not grasped a great projecting rock. My leader, who perceived me thus intent, then said, The spirits are within the fires, and each is swathed by that wherewith he burns. My teacher, I replied, I'm more assured through hearing thee, but deemed it so already, and wished to ask thee, Who is in the flame which comes along so cloven at the top, that from the pyre it seems to rise, whereon Eteocles was with his brother placed? He answered me, Therein are both Ulysses and Diomed tormented, who in pain thus go together, as they did in wrath. And in that flame of theirs they now bewail the ambush of the horse, which made the gate, from which the Romans' noble seed went forth. There they lament the trick, because of which Deidamia, dead, still mourns Achilles. There the Palladium's penalty is paid. If they can speak within those sparks, said I, I pray thee, teacher, much, and pray again that mine be worth to thee a thousand prayers. Refuse not my request to linger here until the horned flame come this way. Thou seest that toward it I am inclined by great desire. And he replied to me, Thy prayer deserves much praise, and therefore I accede to it. But see thou that thy tongue restrain itself. Leave speech to me, who have a clear idea of what thou wouldst. For they, since Greeks they were, might be perchance disdainful of thy words. After the flame had come so near to us that time and place seemed fitting to my leader, it was in this fashion that I heard him speak. 
O ye that in a single flame are two, if I deserved of you when still alive, if I deserved of you or much or little, when in the world I wrote the lofty verses, depart not, but let one of you inform us whither, when lost, he went away to die. The greater horn then of the ancient flame began to quiver with a murmuring sound, as would a flame made weary by the wind, and then, while swaying here and there its tip, as if the latter with a tongue that spoke, gave forth a voice and said, When I departed from Circe, who concealed me near Gaeta more than a year, before Aeneas so had named the place, nor fondness for my son, nor pious reverence for my aged father, nor even the bounden love which should have cheered Penelope could overcome within me the eagerness I had to gain experience both of the world and of the vice and worth of men. But forth I put upon the deep and open sea with but a single ship and with that little company by whom I had not been deserted. Both its shores I then beheld as far away as Spain, Morocco, and the island of the Sards, and all the rest that that sea bathes round about, both old and slow were I and my companions. When we attained that narrow passageway where Hercules set up those signs of his which warned men not to sail beyond their bounds, Seville I left behind me on the right hand, Chaeta I'd left already on the other. And then I said, O oh, brothers, ye who now have through a hundred thousand perils reached the west, to this so short awaking time still left your senses, will not to refuse the experience of that world behind the sun which knows not man, bethink you of the seed which ye have sprung, for ye were not created to live the life of stupid animals, but manliness and knowledge to pursue. So eager for the voyage did I make my fellows by this little speech of mine that, after it, I hardly could have checked them. Hence to the morning having turned our stern, we with our oars made wings for our mad flight, ere veering toward the left as on we sped. Night was already seeing all the stars of the other pole, and our pole so low down that from the ocean's floor it never rose, five times rekindled and as often quenched, had been the light beneath the moon since first we entered on the passage of the deep, when, lo, a mountain loomed before us, dim, by reason of the distance, and so high it seemed to me that I had seen none such, and we Rejoiced, but soon our happiness was turned to grief. For from the new-found land a whirlwind rose and smote our vessel's prow. Three times it made her whirl with all the waters, then at the fourth it made her stern go up and prow go down, even as another pleased till over us the ocean's waves had closed. Inferno, Canto 27, the Eighth Circle, Fraud, the Eighth Trench, Fraudulent Counselors. The flame, because of having ceased to speak, was quiet and erect, and now away from us was going with the gentle poet's leave. When, lo, another which behind it came caused us to turn our eyes up toward its tip, by reason of a vague sound issuing thence. As the Sicilian bull, which bellowed first with the lament of him, and that was right, who with his file had given form to it, was wont to bellow with the voice of him who suffered in it, so that though of brass it seemed the one by whom the pain was pierced. Even so, since from the body of the flame they had nor path nor mouth, the painful words were changed at first into the latter's tongue. 
but when these words had travelled to the tip and given it that vibration which the tongue when uttered gave to them, we heard it say, O thou, to whom I now address my voice, and who just now didst talk in Lombard, saying, Now go thy way, for thee I urge no more, though I, perhaps, have somewhat late arrived, be not displeased to stop and speak with me. Thou seest that I am not, although I burn. If into this blind world thou only now art fallen down from that sweet Latin land, whence all my guilt I bring, pray tell me whether the Romanials are having peace or war, for I came from the mountains between Urbino and that high peak from which the Tiber springs. While downward I was leaning, still intent, my leader touched me on my side and said, Speak thou, for this one an Italian is. And I, who had my answer all prepared, began to speak without delay. O soul, that art concealed down yonder, thy Romagna is not at present, and she never was, devoid of war within her tyrant's hearts. But I left none apparent there just now. Ravenna is, as she for many years has been. Polenta's eagle so broods there that Cervia it o'ercovers with its wings. The town which made the long resistance once, and of the French a sanguinary heap beneath the green paws, finds itself again. Verrucchio's former mastiff and the new, who foully with Montagna dealt, there make, where they are wont, a gimlet of their teeth. The cities of Lamone and Santerno, the little lion of the white lair rules, who changes sides from summer-time to winter. And that whose flank is by the Savio bathed lives, as it sits twixt plain and mount, a free state half and half a tyranny. And now I pray thee tell me who thou art, nor harder be than others here have been, so may thy name maintain itself on earth. After the flame had roared a little while, as is its fashion, to and fro it moved its pointed tip, and then gave forth this breath. If I believed that my reply were made to one who to the world would e'er return, this flame would stay without another quiver. But inasmuch as, if I hear the truth, none e'er returned alive from this abyss, fearless of infamy I answer thee. A man of arms I was, then caught a leer, trusting, since girded thus, to make amends. And certainly my trust had been confirmed. Wert not for that high priest, whom ill befall, who set me at my former sins again, both how and why, I'd have thee hear from me. While I was still the shape of bones and flesh my mother gave me, my performances were not a lion's, but a fox's deeds. All covert practices and hidden ways I knew, and I so carried on their arts that to the ends of earth their fame was noised. When I perceived at last that I had reached that period of my life, when each should strike his sails and coil his ropes, what hitherto had given me pleasure, I thereat disliked. I yielded then, repenting and confessing, and that, alas, poor me, would have availed. The prince of modern Pharisees, who then hard by the Lateran had a war on hand, 
though not with either Saracens or Jews, for Christian were all enemies of his, and none of them had gone to conquer Acre, or been a merchant in the sultan's land, not heeding in himself his lofty office and holy orders, or in me the court, which Lena used to make those girt therewith, but as upon Seracte, Constantine once bade Sylvester heal his leprosy. So this one called on me, as Master Leech, to cure him of the fever of his pride. He asked me for advice, but I kept still, because his words were like a drunkard's words. And then he said, Let not thy heart mistrust. I from now on absolve thee. Teach me, then, how I can Palestrina overthrow. To lock and unlock heaven is in my power, as thou dost know. Two, therefore, are the keys my predecessor held in small esteem. His weighty words then drove me to the point at which the silent course appeared the worse. Father, I therefore said, since from the sin thou washest me, which I must now commit, a promise long drawn out but shortly kept will cause thy triumph on the lofty seat. Then Francis came for me when I was dead, but one of our black cherubs said to him, Remove him not, and do not wrong to me. Among my many alls he must needs descend. Because he gave the fraudulent advice, since which till now I've had him by the hair. For who repents not cannot be absolved, nor yet can one at once repent and will, the contradiction not permitting it. Oh, woe for me! Oh, how I shook with fear, when, after laying hold on me, he said, Perhaps thou didst not think me a logician. He carried me to Minos, and the latter round his hard back eight times entwined his tail, and when in great rage he had bitten it. A sinner of the thievish fire is this, he said. Hence where thou seest me, I am lost, and, thus robed, sorrowing go my way. When he had thus completed his discourse, the flame departed from us with its grief, twisting and lashing its sharp-pointed horn. I and my leader then passed further on up o'er the crag, as far as the next arch which spans the ditch, wherein their due is paid to those who burdens win by severing bonds.